Hello and welcome back to TrekCast, the official podcast of the Real Estate Council from deep in the heart of Dallas, Texas. I'm Bill San Antonio. Thank you for joining us. Today I'll be chatting with Kristen Lieber, Senior Project Manager for the Dallas-based nonprofit Better Block Foundation. Beginning this Friday, April 9th, Trek and its Dallas Catalyst Project partners are teaming up with Better Block for the MLK Food Park, a month-long event in Southern Dallas's historic Forest District neighborhood that seeks to tackle long-standing issues of food insecurity and placemaking in the area. The food park will be open on Friday evenings and Saturday and Sunday afternoons through May 2nd and feature a weekly rotation of diverse, local food vendors, mobile storefronts, and entertainers focused on providing a safe, fun, and engaging experience for Forest District residents and the broader Dallas community. Our hope is that the MLK Food Park will further the conversation around permitting more affordable, rapidly deployable food vending options throughout the city, and will also gather resident feedback throughout the event to help guide our efforts going forward. There are also plenty of opportunities for Trek members to get involved, and we certainly need all the help we can get to make this project a rousing success. So if you are interested in attending or volunteering, log on to betterblock.org backslash MLK Food Park for more information and shift times. Now, here's Kristen Lieber of the Better Block Foundation right here on TrackCast. Kristen, I'm really excited to talk to you today about the MLK Food Park, uh, which opens later this week in the Forest District. But I'd like to start with the Better Block Foundation itself. For our listeners who may be unfamiliar, could you tell us a bit about what Better Block is and the kind of work that you do? Of course, happy to be here. Um, The Better Block Foundation is an urban design nonprofit based in Oak Cliff. We are excited to be doing this project with Trek because we don't find ourselves usually working in Dallas in our own backyard, so we're excited to be here. Um, For part of our work, we are usually on the road in a non-pandemic year. We travel to do community-led placemaking events using digital fabrication equipment. So that looks like CNC routers, other light carpentry tools, um, 3D printers, laser cutters to help people transform their environments through volunteer workshops. So um, this is with flat pack furniture, shipping containers, lots of temporary installations that can help people envision what a permanent change to their public spaces would look like. Um, that often takes the shape of bike lanes or, or plazas, um, downtown kind of rethinking um, ideation sessions, and now obviously food parks. So we always work with um, neighborhood stakeholders, city planners, and passionate community members. We're at the center of that kind of core group of people. I personally am a project manager. I do everything from analyze survey results to design a site, source materials. I reach out to partners. I advocate where needed at a city or state level for success. I am on site. I lead workshops. I help troubleshoot during events. So um, I'm very much involved with processes like this from start to finish. Excited to be um, talking about the food park today because it's the first big project I've done in I think a year since the shutdown started. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Um, Better Block has been really cool, I think. I, I first got to know about you guys a couple of years ago when we hosted one of our neighborhood tours at the Better Block office, and then we took a bicycle tour of, of Bishop Arts. Um, and it just seemed inevitable then that Trek and Better Block would eventually join forces on a project like this MLK Food Park. As you've gotten to know us, what has stood out to you about the Dallas Catalyst Project, the Forest District, 
about Trek um, that made this work something that Better Block uh, wanted to be a part of? Well, yes, I am so glad that you asked that. We are excited to help kick off the years, I know, of planning and organizing and fundraising and visioning that Track and the Forest District has been working on. So we're excited to be here doing some of the first visible, highly community-oriented um, activation to help kind of kick off the rest of the transformation. So that is the part that's so exciting is to be here for the visible part when the community gets to see a lot of their hard work come to life. We also have been really excited um, to see the Forest District community step up so readily. Um, everything we do at the Better Block is very community focused. It, it starts and ends with community, what they want. That's why each, um, each uh, project ends up being unique, not because our process changes much or our approach, but because each community we work in is so different and has their own nuances and, and small treasures about it. So we're really excited to have met so many passionate, um, generous, unselfless or selfless, I'm sorry, residents who want um, a robust neighborhood and they're willing to go out and swing hammers and donate their time and energy to help transform the space. The MLK Food Park is certainly a very ambitious project, but at its core, its primary objective is to fight food insecurity in the Forest District neighborhood. Um, based on the, the project thus far, the community surveys that were done, what can you tell us about the extent of the food insecurity issues in the neighborhood? Just how big an issue is the food park trying to mitigate here? Like I mentioned, we start and end with the community. So we go to them first and ask, how do you guys feel about this? What do you want to see changed? And the top few items that were consistently mentioned was the lack of healthy food options in the area and the um, inability or difficulty for local chefs to share their creations with their neighbors and the other residents. So we wanted to create a space that tackled some of both of those things. We're creating some entrepreneurial opportunities for some of these new kind of home-based businesses to try out something slightly smaller than a brick and mortar, but larger than their home kitchens through some community partnerships with commercial kitchens and, and some um, sourcing assistance. And then we're creating the space for them to just share and helping with the marketing. So it, there's an entrepreneurial slant to this, but then we also are working on um, kind of a full range of food access from the, you know, one end purchasing food that's hot and ready to eat to cottage food vendors who have shelf stable foods that people can buy and take home and all the way down to growing food in the community garden, helping people understand urban ag and how that affects the greater food system. So we're trying to feature a whole range of um, conversations around food at the park with this demonstration. Yeah, I think the, the food park is a certainly a, a great and really creative way um, to go about, you know, hitting all of those different points you just mentioned. Um, I'm just curious, like, where did the idea for a food truck park come from? Like, is that, is that something you've seen replicated elsewhere? Uh, you know, I just, I, I, I'm just, the, the, the creativity of this food park concept is, is really cool to me. Yes, we we were looking and watching during the pandemic to see what was needed in the neighborhood and something that came to mind when we saw the closure of the state fair happening and how many food vendors were affected in the neighborhood by that closure 
we couldn't help but think of these grassroots kind of Portland and Austin style food trailer parks where you see them pop up on little corners, they activate underutilized space, they're very creative, they're a little informal, and they just become these really great neighborhood focused um, grassroots active activations that are inventive and help people get um, access to interesting food concepts, help neighbors come together, help local chefs um, earn a living in their neighborhood. So we're seeing a lot of that in places like Portland, Austin, like I mentioned, Nashville, Denver. These are all amazing cities that have high quality of living. They're places where people simply want to be. And um, they've frankly addressed the lowering, uh, they've addressed the um, desire to lower barriers of entry for entrepreneurs and been more permissive with their mobile vending options because they recognize that it helps um, kind of the culinary scene and have a diverse, um, help celebrate diversity in a better way. A major component of the appeal for a project like the MLK Food Park is to try and change minds and policies surrounding mobile and easily deployable food options here in Dallas. What, why are the current policies in place lacking and how are we striving to change them through this project? Mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of granularity to that question, but the largest is of course the barriers of entry. We've been working with vendors, um, over half of whom are South Dallas based, many of whom are trying to grow from a home-based business to something a little bit larger and helping them walk through the, the vending process, helping them figure out how they're going to serve their food. There's a lot of difficulty for people with low income or people just getting started. So we're recognizing that the option for a food truck is not accessible to everyone. Those can be six figures easily. And we see in other cities, the success of things like food trailers, bike carts, kiosks, things that are more affordable and can run between 10 and 20,000, much more viable options for food entrepreneurs just getting their start without a very heavy lift of a food truck. Um, we also are wanting to address the types of food served. The way that some of the policy is written currently in the city of Dallas lends itself more towards deep fried, unhealthy foods that are easier to serve straight from the freezer to the plate because there's, um, there, it goes from very cold to very hot to on the plate quickly, but it doesn't lend itself to, you know, making an easy and delicious, let's say grilled chicken salad. It's much harder sure. to do that than it is to make a, you know, a funnel cake. So I think that's something we're wanting to address. And finally, the, the, burden of mobile vendors have what brick have the um, the requirements of a brick and mortar and then some so mobile vendors are having to face things like overnighting requirements at a commissary kitchen additional cleaning procedures additional um, requirements on how they cook their food while also being held to the same standards as a brick and mortar um, you account for that, uh, you account for the travel time to get to these commissary overnight kitchens, which are not located in South Dallas currently, and you add on extra staff time, extra travel time, opportunities for equipment to break down on en route. So there's a lot of difficulties for mobile vendors currently. Um, and finally, this food park, it is demonstrative in nature. We're just opening it for four weeks, which is 
going to give itself a chance to test and an opportunity to tweak what doesn't work. So the beauty of impermanence is that if things don't work, there's an uh, there's a uh, opportunity to change it in the future and try something different or evaluate um, what to carry forward in the future. So this is very much um, a test run and it's an incubation space for what could be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, throughout the Dallas Catalyst Project and the Dallas Collaborative for Equitable Development efforts, those are really two of, of Trek's biggest community investment efforts that are going on, at least at the moment. Um, but throughout that process, we've gone to great lengths to ensure that the residents of these neighborhoods that, that the projects are going to benefit really have a say in the process and inform the work and really make their voices heard um, in what we at Trek and our partners in the community are, are doing. I know you kind of alluded to this already, but what kind of role have the residents played in, in the planning and production of the food park? Yes, all better block projects just like this one have the community at the heart and forefront of what we do. And this one is absolutely no exception. We have seen the community step forward to participate in every single process, step of this process. So that started with the kickoff. Um, now, over a year ago, when we first got started before the pandemic really hit, we went through a surveying process with residents of the forest district to find out exactly what they wanted to see and how they wanted to see it. We are planning volunteer workshops. Our meetings have been led um, by locals who live in the community and are telling us how to help best plan this. The vendors over half of whom are from South Dallas, performers the same, um, who will be on the stage during the, uh, during the event. The non-food vendors are, primarily from South Dallas. The attendees are going to be from the surrounding neighborhood. So uh, our approach is always the same with Better Block in that we involve community members from beginning to end, but it's the thing that also makes each project unique because the community is so different um, no matter where we travel in the U.S. We are really excited to have um, a lot of community buy-in here, and that is best achieved when the community is able to physically take ownership of a space. And that's through, like I said, swinging hammers, slinging paint, helping transform their space themselves. And they want to care for it going forward. On some level, we are teaching people how to fish in hopes that they will find moments of passion. And long after we're gone, they will be able to carry forward this momentum for quality community space opportunities for local chefs and, and uh, moments of togetherness that are really high quality. So, you know, there are so many partners from the community. I cannot even begin to name them all, but obviously uh, Track St. Phillips, Cornerstone, and the property owners have been so um, supportive. Have We've been having weekly meetings. They have been helping us outreach to the right people in the community who want to participate and share with their networks. So, um, we're really excited to kick off the volunteer workshops starting next Monday, which are, we have 15 and they're primarily filled to the brim with neighbors who are coming out to help us. So very much a community lift. And, and just for, for proper context, we are recording this probably a, a full week or, or so before um, this episode will go up. So those volunteer opportunities are going to start March 3rd, uh, 29th, right? 
yeah, March 29th through April 9th. So there will be plenty of opportunities for people to join after this gets released. And then even during the month of April, there will be opportunities for people to come help during the park's opening hours and then help us um, tear it down at the end. Okay, excellent. The, the MLK Food Park is one of the first major track events to take place in person since the start of the pandemic last year. And it's happening in an area of Dallas that has been disproportionately affected by the pandemic. I'm sure this info is not lost on you or the other project partners working behind the scenes. So for a project in which we're hoping for a lot of, you know, in-person community participation, how do we plan to maximize uh, safety, security, and people's health during, during this event? Yes, we're going to be um, honoring kind of standard COVID procedures at this point. The city does require that additionally. So number one, this is an outdoor event. It's spread over um, an acre of land and it's entirely outdoors. So there will be opportunity for fresh air and people to spread out. We have standard requirements like masks, sanitizer, um, and hand, hand wash stations uh, spread throughout the space. There are social distancing measures in place for lines as well as um, seating. Um, and again, probably the most important factor of this is that this is not a one day or one weekend event. It is spread out over four weeks. So it gives people plenty of opportunity to come on a Friday nights, Saturday and Sunday afternoons um, when they're most comfortable to come try out what uh, and see what is happening at the park. I know we've just covered a number of heavy but necessary topics related to the park, but I'd like to wrap up on something fun. And Kristen, thanks so much for your time this morning. We're anticipating, I think the number was more than 60 local food vendors, businesses, and entertainers to rotate in and out of the park during the event. What are you most excited? Uh, what are you most looking forward to, to eating, to seeing, and experiencing uh, when the park opens. What, what kind of teaser can you give us uh, in advance sure. of, of everything starting? Sure, that is like asking me to pick my favorite child, but I will <laughs> give you guys a few teasers. Um, the sheer diversity of experience is the number one thing. There are no two days for the same. Um, we have different vendors and different performers coming every day, um, many of whom are not repeating throughout the event. Um, so you will have, you know, um, West African food on one day. You will have um, tacos another day. You will have, um, let's see, jazz ensembles playing. You will have poetry readings. We will have uh, theater troops performing. We will have uh, singers, musicians. You'll see non-food vendors there. Uh, there's a few people coming with wellness products, skincare, apparel. Um, so while the the space may or the framework may be the same there will never be uh, you'll never be bored uh, so you could come all 12 days at the park and there's going to be something new to see that's probably my favorite part of it but also i would say the i personally am looking forward to the volunteer workshops because that's where you're truly shoulder to shoulder with the people who are the most passionate you know six foot distance shoulder to shoulder i guess i should say and we work with the community members we get to hear their stories. We get to um, we get to experience their neighborhood through their eyes, and then we get to watch and work with them as the space 
transforms over two weeks. So that for me is always a very special moment to see the passion from people who live in the neighborhood. And then finally, you know, that kind of leads into, again, my favorite moment. Um, as a project manager, this is on some level my baby I'm carrying forward. And then the moment that the park moves forward without me, that I'm no longer um, uh, organizing or driving anything and the community has now taken it into their hands and it has become its own being with its own, uh, you know, with the residents interacting with each other, it becomes a very organic thing after some point. So I think after these volunteer workshops, that moment when we turn it over to the community and sit back and let it unfold beautifully is my very favorite moment. And that's when you see people um, step forward to, to bring forward um, things we didn't even anticipate, maybe uh, ideas that will help drive even better projects in the future. And, and you'll see passionate you know, community members connect to create even more amazing groups down the road. So I think those are my three favorite things I'm looking forward to, but um, the physical transformation of the space is going to be so exciting. I think everyone should come see it and learn a little bit about the current state of mobile food vending in Dallas. Come learn a bit about Forest District and see what it has to offer. And then um, come check out some digital fabrication approaches or a volunteer workshop to get your hands dirty. So I think there's something for everyone here. Kristen, that's, that's all very exciting. Uh, I'm very excited uh, for everything to get started. Thank you so much again for taking the time uh, to speak with us on this. Thank you to your team at Better Block for your guidance, your leadership and partnership in getting the food park up and running. And I, I can't wait for everything to get started. I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, thanks so much, Bill. That's it for our show. I'd like to thank Kristen Lieber of the Better Block Foundation for chatting with me about the MLK Food Park, which kicks off in the Forest District this Friday from 6 to 9 p.m. and continues throughout the month of April on Friday evenings and weekend afternoons from 11 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. I'd also like to thank our Trek Community Investors team, the Better Block team, and everyone else working so hard to put this park together. We cannot wait for you to see and experience it. For more information or to register for a volunteer shift, log on to betterblock.org backslash MLK Food Park. If you like what you heard on today's episode and you still haven't subscribed to TrackCast, what are you waiting for? Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and get every new episode right to your mobile device. We've got all new episodes for you almost every week, featuring event replays, roundtable discussions, and exclusive interviews just like this one. TrekCast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and wherever else you download podcasts. Until next time, I'm Bill San Antonio. Thanks for listening.